Welcome back to the Crateism Podcast. I am your host, Fatima Chantel, and this is a show about records and culture. We're just going to get right back into it with part two of my interview with DJ, record collector, therapist, and sexuality educator, Lola Kinks. What does your record collection look like? Is there a certain genre? Do you have any artists that you're like, I have a huge Prince section in my record collection, for example. Oh, I've seen some of yours. I'm like, oh my goodness, for it to look that magical. With For me, I'm like, you have it so like set up so beautifully to like, also like, oh, here are like my Black history artists that I'm, <laughs> you know, highlighting for the month. I'm like, yes, it's so dope. Okay, so my collection, as I'm looking at so many on the floor because (laughs) I gig about two to three times a month or sometimes sometimes three to five it it depends um and so my records end up not going back on the shelves and just Mm. kind of sit in crates or just kind of all over my floor so right now what I'm looking at um I have a lot of what I mentioned earlier which would fit into like the brand new heavies loose ends soul to soul like that like Brit- British soul. Yes. That British soul ass jazz, Brit funk. Like I got a lot of mm-hmm. that, which is certainly, you know, that which is certainly like the remnants of like growing up overseas and like what my father like introduced into the house. Mm-hmm. I have um, also like the British kind of funky j- British ja- jazz funk, like mm-hmm. level 42 shack attack. Uh, stuff like that. Uh, Curiosity Killed the Cat, which also fits more into like Sophistapop, which Sade would also be in there. So I got mm. Sade Heavy, which makes a lot of sense because like one of my parties is called Kiss of Life. Um, I have a lot of what would be... So here's the thing. So there's a lot of like what over in Britain they called Boogie, but more people here associate with like electro-funk. Okay. So there's like some, t- and, and, and I was recently doing like some uh, research on this because, you know, I always want wonder genre names. Like, what is that all about? Where did that come from? You know, like, why do they call it that? And like, Boogie is a very kind of contentious, it's it, like looking at like the, the history of it um, and the associations is like Boogie almost in a sense. There's kind of some, there's some discourse around the idea that like, the origin of that had some association related to like, it was music from black folks Mm -hmm. and like boogie and like, which like boogie man, like, and then like boogie, the dance, it's like a weird thing that feels very murky. And like, I'm not really into that. So I was like, "Mm, boogie doesn't feel like a good, like a term that I feel pretty like good about associating myself with. So like electro funk works. So I have Mm -hmm. like a lot of that type of, you know, electro funk stuff, which I guess we could put like, like looking at all the stuff that I have over here. I did a mix recently. So I put Kashif on there. Yes. So yeah, so Kashif's on there. Um, Howard Johnson, Johnson. who Kashif <laughs> also, you know, produced. Um, Kenny G has yes. that early you know, Kenny G G force come with it Kenny G with the G <laughs> uh, you know which is Kashif you know Kashif has Love on hands. the Rise I think is one of my favorite uh... Lo- Love on the Rise yeah, is even I think 
and that's even I think on like the the one after that so like because she was heavy in there you know with with Kenny G and like folks I don't think realize that they're like thinking about which is funny I'm staring at um uh what's the uh duotones which I have the the Kenny G duotones album with like Midnight Motion which I remember as a track that like a lot of like in the states a lot of the like black stations like the r&b stations would have that as like the interlude song <laughs> so <it's> like, <laughs> you know same with like paul hardcastle's like rainforest oh, yeah. like stuff like that or it's like those like really perfect um instrumental would you say like quiet stormish maybe well it wouldn't be that it would be like drive time you know like the that period where it's like okay if people are like going like heading home from work but it's ah. like you know that type of thing it would be okay. or even like when the radio station switches from being more like hype and then it switches to maybe quiet storm like maybe mm. it would be like that okay. yeah for sure um but yeah it's funny i'm just thinking about like, since we brought up kenny g like even that album um is definitely something else that stands out my father played <laughs> so much but i my friend dom Shouts out Dom, who's also a DJ. Um, he and I joke, or he rather, he jokes with me about how uh, you know folks will ask me like, so what's what genres like? What you know? What do you play? Like, what's the genre that you you DJ? And I'm, I'm like, oh, what genre do I DJ? I'm like Shalimar, and they're like, <laughs> what? I'm like Shalimar, and like that's my genre. Like it's it's basically Shalimar is my genre because if you think about like unlimited touch dynasty like in like the later like the 80s albums that they put out it's all kind of in that like lane and even like prelude like france jolie and the eight the 82 record that she put out that i'm obsessed with like all that has it's like very shalimar joe you know and then jody watley sounds like all of that's me it's it's me for sure. So, I mean, I can go, I, we, you already heard about my ATLDs. I can certainly get deep in the, like, you know, uh, knuck if you buck. I could do that. <laughs> I'm there too. Oh my goodness. It's like one of my favorites of all time. Um, so I can go deep there. We could do this. I could go deep in like some freaky girl, Gucci, Ma- like all of that. I'm there. Uh, <laughs> but like, when I think about the music that I listen to and it just brings me so much joy would be like what I was listening to today the systems you are in my system perfect mm. electro funk mm-hmm. classic yeah that is that that I can't think of a day in my life when that song will bring me joy for sure uh, what about the was it Robert Palmer covered it also uh, yes yeah. <laughs> and that's and, and you know it's Robert Palmer someone asked me recently because I absolutely have all of the different covers that Robert Palmer did of like artists at that time <laughs> um and my favorite he does like um a cover of the Gap Bands early in the morning that I'm very fond really? of. Oh yes. Okay, I have to go search. That. <laughs> yes, that I am there, and there's a video, and he's uh, really? yep. I'm very <laughs> fond of it. Um, he right, you he does a You're in My System. He also does Jermaine and Michael Jackson's Tell Me I'm Not Dreaming. Oh, I think I may have heard that before. Yeah, yeah. So he, you know, I mean, and those weren't 
the end of it. He certainly has done uh, covers of like, you know, other soul tracks, but like those are like that period of time that really fit with, like, I feel like is like my niche time, the um, post disco, like that's my lane, you know, like late getting in like late seventies, like probably around in like 80, sometimes I see like 85. And then I'm like, well, wait a minute, Alexander O'Neill is my dude. Mm. And like, that's like getting to like 87. So, <laughs> you know, I, so it's, it's, it's really synths. Synths are my jam. Synths of the, the 80s synth sound. It is, <laughs> that is, that's it for me. That's funny that you mentioned Alexander O'Neill, who's somebody that, that I just heard a lot growing up. But every couple of months, I just have to listen to like 30 minutes of Alexander O'Neill. I don't know, while I'm cleaning the house or something. Yeah, His voice <laughs> and those songs are just... Uh right legendary legendary and the man is still touring Uh, see i need to catch him on tour he is still touring but guess what you're gonna have to go to the uk baby because like and that's what that's the one thing that like i think that i love so much about having grown up overseas is that was something that i saw was that how lauded like uh these artists that really you know, took music to levels and beyond like these black artists and not just black artists, but like many of these black artists that did make a lot of what, you know, British folks experience around like soul music and everything like and and rock music as well. Like the Rolling Stones, Beatles, like all of those, like they would not exist if they hadn't heard the music mm-hmm. that the soul music that was coming out of the States and like, you know, Mick Jagger, like all those, they'll, they'll say that, like, that was the stuff that they heard. And they're like, what is happening? What is this? You know? And like thinking about in the UK, like Northern soul, you know, and like how that took off and like how to this day, Northern soul parties are a big deal over mm-hmm. there. Like there's still Northern soul. Par- like the fact that Alexander O'Neill is still on the concert circuit over there right you know and like when's the last time we saw alexander o'neill touring in the states like i i don't even know damn i know (laughs) i feel like they'd probably throw him on one of those old school tours you know what i mean like a radio station i'm sure right so i'm sure there's likely like you know those radio station shows that like i think one you know to which you're probably referring as well that like this old school reunion you know, let's get Alexander O'Neill on there. We'll get more say in the time as well. I don't know how that'll go because they're that whole, yeah, that, I don't know how that would go with the time history of the time and them. And, you know, it's, yeah, I, Alexander O'Neill, though, I, I love that he is still respected and people come out to see him because he has, that man has some jams and like mm-hmm. just Saturday love. Like, when is mm. that getting old? Never. And I feel like even like, every generation like kids even know that song you know they do on i saw a tiktok video the other day of like a little girl and her mother dancing to it and she knew all of the words she was out dancing her mom oh yeah her mama put her on to that right and her mother looked even not fairly young you know maybe like late 20s or something Mm. so it's just it's so inspiring it's it's so inspiring to see that like this music and and you know I'm certainly um, I guess I'm what would be considered approaching middle age I don't know um, but you know it's just 
to feel, I, I know I'm not like, oh, as you know, old heads will tell me in a minute, you are young, stop it. But like, you know, I'm not claiming to be like old by any means, but it's just, I've been around long enough to kind of see these different like eras of music mm-hmm. and to like see how social media has really taken off and something like TikTok and to hear songs that I remember from when I was a kid and dances being made to them and like, forget me nots. You know, like I can remember watching Big growing up and, you know, I remember very clearly watching the movie Big and Tom Hanks and I can't remember the actresses in that with him and they're like jumping on the bed and Patrice Russian's Forget Me Nots is playing in the background. And it made, I was recalling that recently as I've been, you know, was seeing like not too long ago. Uh, that dance craze that people were doing to her song. Yeah. And I was like, oh, snap. Like, wow, that was not that. It felt like it wasn't that long ago, but that movie came out quite a while ago. And she, Patrice, I mean, I can't speak enough about Patrice Rush and just how much of a queen, like just Mm -hmm. brilliance, so much brilliance, so much brilliance. And so she deserves all of it. But yeah, it's like, that's another type of sound I think like for me has so much resonance that I, I feel like I play out a lot as well. It's just like that, which is still like has that jazzy, soulful synth, like that type of keyboards, like all that's like is very resonant with me uh, for sure. So definitely play a lot of Patrice Russian for sure. Absolutely. Let's go into how you got into DJing. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so how I got into DJing. Like I mentioned earlier, like for me, I always wanted to be a VJ. And so I think in a sense, like there was always kind of like this idea for me that since I have this knowledge of music, like I want to share it with the world, you know, like I want to share with people um, that you know, about this new music that, or not even just new music, just music that I know about that I get excited about. Um, And so I kind of had these ideas, I think, over my, the span of my late teens to like early adulthood, where I kind of tried on the idea where I was like, I wonder, you know, like being a DJ. And then what I found, and I'm like, you know, don't have any like shame in like saying this what I ended up finding more often was that I ended up getting involved with DJs Mm. because I think for me I didn't have the I guess I didn't feel as secure in myself and like that's just like you know that's a common thing for folks you know it's like you like the idea of something you're just not you're not there yet and so for me I think I found myself more interested in DJs because there was something, I think at the time I was like, oh, because they really love music like I do. Mm-hmm. Kind of looking back now, I'm like, oh, I think it's really more or less because I, I really wanted that. I was like looking for myself in them. And so, you know, that's something that I've really kind of like had deeper clarity around more recently. Um, and so about, where are we at? This is 2022? Wow. We're in 2022. Um, (laughs) So in 2019, um, I was going through heartbreak and, uh, and I was deep in it. I was really deep in it. And uh, this person um, 
who is also really into music and record collecting and like all that stuff. And I'm so grateful for the, the knowledge I've gained uh, from our relationship about genres that like I wasn't super deep into or whatever. And so like I picked up some records, you know, like def- definitely from him. And so that was, I think, also what really made like us parting even harder. And so um, that connection. And so I was going through a lot of heartbreak and I was looking for something to really take the pain away. And like music has always been there. Like, I'm sure, you know, you could say for yourself, like many people would say, you know, those of us who like really are into music. And I think at the time I was like, you know, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Like I could listen to music. That's cool. Great. Awesome. I've been doing that. Um, And I remember looking at my records and I was like, wait, I'm, let me, I, I could do something with these records. Let me see what I can do. And so I had a buddy, a mutual friend, actually, the person who I had broken up, we, we'd broken up. And uh, he helped me to get connected to a local bar. And my thoughts were like, cool, this is like a local bar. I could just like, do like play records here and there you know like I'm just gonna like play records and when I say like play them I mean like literally like play them like I'm just gonna like or anything no let one record stop and let the other one start that that part (laughs) (laughs) so I was like I'm gonna bring the things that I think would be super dope that people would be into and like I will you know I'll play those and so I did that and then people really liked what I was playing I was like oh that's really cool awesome and then I did that like for a month did it for the second month in November of 2019 of somebody who uh who I'm buddies with now um and he's been such an incredible incredible just like uh like something like rallying for me just like gives me like so much joy and and support and he, out of nowhere, was like, hey, I'd like to book you for this, like, party that I'm doing. And I was like, what, you want to book me? Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, I, like, want to book you for this party. Like, this would be, like, could you do this party? It's like a kind of a warehouse type of thing. I was like, I've been doing bars. Like, that, I, I don't know if I could do, like, a nightlight, like, like a dance party. And he's like, I think that you could. And so I did it. And I kind of like ramped up my skill set just a little bit more than what I had been doing, you know, because I'm like, let me just like make sure that there's kind of like some seamlessness to this, you know, so there's not like any moments of quiet, but it's not going to be like blending. You know, I wasn't there yet. This is like, keep in mind, two months into me playing records. And so from there, I just, you know, continued with like doing this, like these nights. And I think it was probably... I think the start of the pandemic that I was like, oh, okay. Like I can't play out anymore. Like I don't have this. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And I, and I went like a long while and then it was the beginning, really the beginning of 2021. Keep in mind I was playing out and I didn't have a setup at my house. Like I'd come up with my name. I had this like whole thing. Like I had zero setup at my house. I had no means to practice. Like I didn't have anything. I was mm-hmm. trial by fire playing at these bars learning there. And it was a year ago. Um, yeah, a year ago, like now that I got a setup. 
in my apartment. And from there, finally had a means to practice. And that was when I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'm DJing. I guess like that's what I'm actually doing. I'm DJing. And I, I will be completely honest with you. It's been, it was probably only a few months ago that I went from like, yeah, I'm DJing to being like, I'm a DJ. Like I am a DJ. Like it, it even feels weird sometimes saying that because like I did not, I did not start out on this path to like be a DJ and like play out like multiple times a month or anything like that. I just was like trying to figure out a way to move through heartbreak and just like heal myself. That's really where I was at with it. And now it's turned into, I feel like my whole existence in this space has to do with like, I want to create kind of like these safer spaces for folks to like learn you know, about music, because I'll have people sometimes that like, will come up and they'll be like, what is that? And I'll tell them and I'll like, maybe if I have time, give them like a little more of a tidbit or whatever. And they're like, whoa. And I want it to be like a space for them to, to heal. Because, you know, like music can be like such a healing, like, you know, medium. And uh, it certainly has been for me. And so like, that's, that's why I'm here. Like, I, I just, I want to continue doing that. And I just love seeing the looks on people's faces when like something connects for them. And so like, that's why for me, I'm very much like a, my niche is like old school stuff, like new school stuff for me is like, I think the newest thing that I play is like Solange's a seat at the table record. Like I'll play here and there. <laughs> That's dope. I I mean, music is healing, but I think also something that's really healing is like being in a communal space with other people that are enjoying this this song that we all know. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, I always love those moments too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's exactly it for me. And and I didn't mention before, like I I kind of just you know when I introduced myself, you know I I think when I am doing like conversations like this about like music and like my kind of entry is like way into music I tend to and not like on purpose but I tend to like forget to like name what else in my life that I do besides DJing which is like my full-time work is um I I I do work in mental health and so Mm -hmm. I've I'm a trained uh therapist and um, I have been a mental health and also sexuality educator. And so I've been in mental health and uh, sexuality education for a decade plus now. Oh, wow. And so, yeah, like 15 plus years I've been doing that. And so like for me, healing work is has always been my jam. So it only makes sense to me that like music and the way in which like it has supported me and my well-being that it might that it is a medium for me you know that like I guess like my uh the medium that I tend to like you know go toward more often than not as like it means to also connect with other people you know like because so many of us that we could probably like figure out a song and you know less than a minute that we both know and that maybe means something to us and so like that's that is something that has been I think one of like the most beautiful parts of like doing the healing work that I do is like helping people to connect with something uh, from the past to also help them to heal it. And like music can do that 
in ways that I think that we may forget sometimes. And that's what I love seeing in people when I play certain things. They're like, I remember hearing this at, you know, X, Y, and Z or whatever. And maybe even if they have a connection to the song that they, that maybe isn't as positive. Yeah, that's My role, right. So my role, I feel as a healer doing healing work is to help them to rewrite that. And so, you know, like here they are in this space with people and there's joy and all of that. And so like, let's maybe rewrite that story. And so like, I think that also like there's a modality called like narrative therapy. And like, that is all about like your story as it's been written historically, it doesn't have to mean the same to you as it always did. You do, you, you can rewrite it. You can make it so that it doesn't have the impact that it had on you at one time, it doesn't have that same impact on you for the rest of your life. And like, I feel like with music, we can do the same thing where we can rewrite those narratives or our relationships to these songs. Cause I can tell you Sade, the fact that I have the relationship that I have with Sade at this point in time is saying something because I had an ex who was, it, it, it works with Sade and like, it was very hard oh, yeah. for me uh, I didn't want to listen to her at all after like we broke up. I could not do it for years. I could not do it. Wow. And now here I am. I have a party named after her. And, you know, the jokes are like, you know, Shanae's my auntie. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so it can happen. It can happen. It can happen. <laughs> and I'm glad you actually mentioned because so many people talk about music bringing them joy, but we don't talk enough about like, Ooh, that song reminds me of this person or that Oof. one time in my life where I didn't have this, you know, and <laughs> you want to skip those songs. You're like, I don't want to hear this. Oh, the pain. I mean, there's so much angst. There's so much pain. Like there's so much stuff, whether it's like it connects you to memories or just like the songs themselves. Like there are some songs where you're like, whoa, that person was in it. Like they were in it when they wrote that. And So, um, which I think like you, yeah, I was talking about a song from like the Jackson's album from the podcast. I think you, you, you heard me on before, um, where show you the way to go. Was that? No, um, it's the, it's the song blues away. Oh, so that's on that same album. Right. So Michael, that is, uh, if I remember correctly, but that's like the first song that was like written, like a, a written credit for Michael. Because like Motown was not trying to let them have, you know, they, they, Motown was like, nope, it's like our way. This is the way we do things. So like them moving to Epic, like that was a, you know, I joke that was like an Epic move. Like it really was because like they got to have, you know, more rights. Like Joe really, you know, that was, that, that man was a lot. Uh, but he definitely, you know, did what he could to get them like more money and then to have like more creative freedom. And so like Michael with Blues Away, that to me, when I listen to that song, especially, it really kind of sets the foundation for me because he was a teenager when he wrote that. Mm. And he's like talking about depression. And when I think about like Michael's, just the trajectory of Michael's life, like, and he's voicing that at such a young age, like that's devastating to me because it's like almost like, um, you know, like work, like I said, working in mental health, it's kind of like the equivalent of when you sit, when, when people will be like, oh, well, that kid was like acting out, you know? And then it's like, well, did people 
are people paying attention to this? Have they checked in with that person? Like whatever, like Michael like wrote the song talking about how he was feeling at such an early age. And then we hit, and then we think about him into later age and he was still dealing with depression and it's devastating to me. It's really devastating. And so like, those are the types of things that I appreciate like you like uplifting, like, yeah, music can bring us so much joy. It can also connect to points in our lives that like, bring up some really awful things. And then there's also the, the lens of the songs that like people that we respect or, you know, appreciate whatever, that they're also sharing their truths in this music. And it's like, whoa, we, we, we get an opportunity to bear witness to that. And it's like so much deeper than just like us hearing a song. If you like really get into the lyrics, hence like why I mentioned the Alanis Morissette track, like these folks are like bearing witness to like moments in their, or we're bearing witness to these moments in these folks' lives that they're like documenting for us. And like, mm. that's, that's, that's a, that's, that's heavy for me. It's, it's, it's a gift that we get because how many of us are bearing our souls like that to the world. Right. Right. Hey friends, quick favor to ask of you. If you enjoy this podcast, share it. Share it with someone else who you think might like it. Share it on your social media and tag us. Subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Hold on. I'll wait while you do that. (laughs) Okay. And also consider giving us a nice review on your favorite podcasting platform. Okay. Appreciate it. So how did you come up with your DJ name? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so um, it is a triple entendre, um, which (laughs) I, it's funny because years ago I was, so Lola Kinks, I was a party host and I uh, co-hosted this party called The Ball here in Philly. And it was all basically like, just like music that you would hear probably if you were at like a, you know, a ball, like ball culture, like Ooh. going and like, you know, with like voguing, like stuff like mm-hmm. that, like that type of like that music that was just like incredible house, like just vocal, like incredible. So I was like, I need a name. So Lola Kings is what I came up with. At the time, I, I've always loved like the song Lola by the Kinks and I like just flipped it. I was like, does this make sense to me? Because I love this. The name Lola was always something that I was like, I always wanted to be named Lola. I chose as a nickname when I was a teenager. Only a few people knew that. Um, and I had always said, I'm going to call my daughter or, you know, my child. I'll call my, my child Lola. And uh, I do not have a child. So, you know, I was like, I'm going to use this at some point. So I chose it as the party host. Um, and then over time, I wasn't hosting part. I wasn't, I did that just for a blip. Then some years later, coming back to 2019, when I was thinking about, okay, if I'm going to DJ, like, what am I going by? It has to be Lola Kings. And at that point I was like, it's, you know, it's not just the song, actually. It's not just that association trying to be like cute, you know, flipping it. I was like, I have this curly kinky hair and like i'm a sexuality educator, which, you know, people are like, that's like kink, you know, like, all right. So it's this like triple entendre, like me with this curly hair and like 
sexuality and the song that I love from the kinks so there it is uh, okay. I remember at, at one point I was like is this am I doing this is this is this really it but it you know when I say it people are like that makes sense to me so I'm like okay I picked it it works it works I'm good with it <laughs> <laughs> absolutely okay so why in this day and age I mean I think it's a pretty big um it's a big choice to be, I think you're a vinyl only DJ, right? Yeah. Okay. That's a big choice. Why, why go with vinyl versus, you know, something electronic? Yeah. Really great question that sometimes I ask myself when I, my back is hurting. <laughs> from yeah, like because you know, you got to carry the crates, you got to pick out, you know, the, the records, <sighs> You are so right. Absolutely. And I was just having this conversation earlier today. Um, you know, and it's, and it's, it is definitely a choice. And I love the way you say that it's a choice. It definitely is. So, you know, for me, I am at this like sweet spot of an age, right? Where it's like elder millennial. So it's like, I have this like connection to this, like what, like older time or classic time, remembering like records and like eight tracks and you know all of those things and then of course growing up with like Napster and LimeWire and like all of those different things so it's like okay then here we have this like digital age and mp3s and you know cds and all of that stuff I which I love both of those things that being said for me when I pick up a record, one of my favorite things about them was that when I was always looking for information about, you know, of course I had cassettes, of course I had CDs, which, you know, the liner notes and stuff like that. But like some of the different things that like you could find in, you know, albums, like I have uh, from the Earth, Wind & Fire album, there's like an incredible poster that came out of one of them that like I'm putting on my wall, you know, it's like, <laughs> like really fun things like that. I, I really, really love about vinyl, but at the, the essence of it for me is when I touch it, it's like the group, like taking the needle, putting it to the record, the feeling, the grooves, hearing the, you know, and I'm, and I'm kind of like, it's hyperbole, but no, it's not really actually. Because like sometimes, you know, with things being analog, like, you can hear so many of these things that get like cut out when things are digitized. They're like, eh, no, it needs to be perfect. So it's like you hear kind of like the grittiness of somebody's voice in a different way than, you know, then when it becomes digitized, it's kind of like, no, we're trying to make it clean, clean, right? Whatever that is. You know, I'm like that sound, I, I don't really like that sound that you think you're making it perfect. For me, you've taken some essence out of it that I really, really love. But I think more or less with vinyl for me is that it, ha I feel like it's like I'm using the same media that like my ancestors used to listen mm, to music. Love that. Like there's so, so me and like this work around like healing work, right? I'm really beginning to get more into this idea around like leaning toward like ancestral teachings and like stuff that they did that then allows me to be here in the first place. Like the ways in which they survived so I could be here now. And when I think about it, it's like vinyl is like, it's like a time machine to me. 
I'm like, oh my goodness, I get to like take this. Some of these were created before I was born. And like, I get to take this and like, listen to it and hear like the crackly and like the, you know, cause listen, let's be clear here. Like all of my records are not anywhere close to being VG plus or like <laughs> near mint. Definitely not. Right. There are a few of them that are probably mint or n- no, maybe near mint, not mint. <laughs> um, but like, you know, there are some records that some are probably good. Uh, a few of them um, and then you know the rest are like you know definitely VG plus VG whatever but when I hear them it just yeah it's like it's hearkening back to an era that for me will never die and I think I just love continuing to uh, use this as a means to to teach because like I told you like I'm an educator you know? And so like, for me, there are people when I go out and I take these records, they are like, whoa, like, I don't have any records. This is very cool to see this, you know? And like, maybe that will inspire them mm-hmm. to like, go get records themselves. Like that. I, I love, I love that. So I think, you know, a sense of it is like the education piece, the connectedness to the folks who some, I never got the chance to meet. Um, and you know, some who I have had the chance to meet and like, it's a, it's a medium that we can agree on that. Like, you know, we both enjoy and also just like, I love the, the sounds that I, I hear from uh, a lot of the different vinyl, um, that I own, um, and the songs that are included on those and like the, the coughs or the, like, you know, that Mm -hmm. type of stuff is so dope to me. So, so dope. I love that answer, by the way. <laughs> so deep. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to share or talk about? What? That I'd love to share or talk about? No pressure, but just in case. I yeah. Anything. No, I'm, you know, I'm just, I, I'm so grateful that I have come into this in a time where it's like this vinyl resurgence Mm -hmm. um and you know which feels weird for me because I'm like vinyl has like always been around you know Mm -hmm. like even when I wasn't collecting it like like I am as much as I am now like it was always around but I just love that I get an opportunity to play at places where you know I many of the places where I play like they are either vinyl only or leaning toward being like vinyl only spots. And I, I, I kind of, you know, it's, it's not in a way to exclude, but just like a way to kind of uplift the fact that like this medium is not dead, you know, like mm-hmm. there's, there's so much, I think education um, that folks can get from like, you know, hearing some of these tracks that, you know, some, are not digitized you know like there's like things that you know you 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 find and you're like whoa what um like albums that I have and I'm like yeah I can't find that's not on Spotify like it's (laughs) you know it's just like or that's not you know maybe somebody did an mp3 and they digitized their record or whatever but it's I don't know there's just like something to be said about we have these platters that these black gold platters that we carry with us and like play them and it is like I said this medium this that our ancestors were also using and like they were kind of like hanging around one another around a fire around wherever they were 
and then, you know, kind of listening to this together. And I just see it as there's something so communal or like, like there's something so communal to me, I think about just like the vinyl, this like scene, you know, it's like brought together. Like I'm part of a vinyl crew, like vinyl tap two, one, five. Like I'm part of this vinyl crew that my buddy created five years ago. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, he calls it, it's like an, you know, an all vinyl, uh, uh, group therapy masqueraded as an all vinyl event, you know, like, (laughs) then that's what it is for us because we're big nerds, but we're not pretentious. Like you can't, some folks try, but you know, you can't come into the space and be like, oh, you don't know about such and such that we we're not don't even try it like that's not who we are because they would have kicked me out a long time ago (laughs) (laughs) the way I just dropped yesterday at one of the events um I dropped we we did an international women's history month uh where we you know every month we do uh where we have several DJs can sign up for slots and you do a set a 45 minute set and you play whatever the theme is that month you like come up with you know you curate your set around that theme Mm. and so this month was international women's history month that we were celebrating and the my fellow crew members came with it and for me i was like okay i know my brothers are gonna be playing like roberta flack's gonna get played aretha's gonna get played you know um some classics are gonna get played as they should be played and some others but i was like i'm gonna get real different with it Mm -hmm. (laughs) i played this like uh uh g era style edit of spice girls say you'll be there the g funk era and they were like what (laughs) is happening right now and so it's like that type of stuff like you you get to like flex like your nerdiness you know in a way that's like this means something to me and we all celebrate one another and I just that's what I feel that like vinyl has has done this that's why it's has popped off like it has on Instagram you know that you're not seeing us like banning together over like the latest digital file that just got dropped (laughs) like you know like it's like vinyl and all that it represents and like just like the excitement that it represents and the liner notes and like all of that and the different colors and you know it's there's something so very communal and beautiful about it that I it warms my heart and I'm just so grateful to be coming up as like a newbie DJ in this time and it's funny to see like a newbie DJ even though I am newbie as a DJ but an old head in like the music historian game so yeah it's Mm. such a beautiful time and I get to be connected to folks like you you know so here we are (laughs) absolutely I've just been connecting with so many people that I I think if it wasn't for like you know Instagram or whatever I probably would have never you know, never connected with. So it's pretty amazing. It is so amazing. I, I love it. I'm grateful. Social media can be the bane of my existence one day. And then the mm-hmm. next day I'm like, it, I feel like it not figuratively, it literally saved my life. Like it, you know, like that one day it's, it's a, it's a contentious relationship. It's, you know, there's some problematic things, you know, about it, but the, there's so much beauty also that exists. And that's just, I think a, 
that is a metaphor for life. There's problematic everywhere. There's beauty everywhere. <laughs> so, True, and that's yes. the nature of us as humanity. So here we are. So um, speaking of social media, yeah. where can people find you? Uh, you can find me um, at uh, sign Lola Kinks Music. And I am on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. Um, and I just recently put out a mix that folks can check out on my SoundCloud, uh, which is Lola Kinks. And yeah, I hope to be putting out more that that was such a that, that was such a joy to finally like put something that represents I me I think me um not to a T there's so much more you know like I mentioned before I can get all in dirty south stuff and I there are many places I can go but I think for the most part when Lola kinks it represents very much a lot of uh my essence I think as a as a DJ is in that mix so check that one out Okay. And what about the nights that you're spinning at? Oh, I play. Um, so for certain, I play the last Sunday of every month at a awesome bar in Fishtown, Philadelphia uh, called Johnny Brenda's. And that's where I do my uh, pretty mess with Lola Kinks uh, party. And that actually is a uh, taken from a monthly radio show that I have uh, called Pretty Mess with Lola Kinks that's every second Wednesday um, on Great Circles Radio, which is uh, greatcircles.net. And that show, why I created it was just like a means for me to like get to play my records for sure, but also to kind of like dive into different genres and play like a whole bunch of different types of sounds this year i took it in a different direction where i was like you know what each show is gonna be like a different theme so last month was b-sides that was very fun so it's an hour from uh 7 to 8 p.m every second wednesday and that's eastern and um yeah and and i also play the international which is a uh sister bar to johnny brenda's standard tap which is also a sister bar to johnny brenda's and the international and i play at a 60s 70s soul and funk bar called trestle inn here in philadelphia as well which is so dope it's like go-go dancers Mm -hmm. and yeah and i love that it's like they're of you know uh we don't just have like female go dancers like we have you know it's it's so great it's like it's not just dependent on gender like in the 60s you know like we have masculine go-go dancer like it's beautiful um and it's a like whiskey bar as well so folks really like enjoy the vibe and i really love the fact that i get to you know really dive more into like the 60s 70s lane whereas like lola kinks for the most part is kind of like 80s late 70s 80s so yeah it's it's widening widening my expanse as kind of ed, as a as a DJ and like you know kind of like the the places that I can go with it so I'm very excited about all those different things that I get to do hmm, sounds like a good time oh can you also you did that podcast about the Jacksons can you tell people what that was all about and how they can listen to it because that was uh, that was a really great uh great episode thank you so much um so my homie who's also part of the uh vinyl tap 215 crew um dj hard bargain what's up sean um he has a a podcast called i'd buy that for a dollar and of course i was gonna be way into that because so many of my records are dollar records that people 
many times sleep on honestly and i'm like y'all need to stop sleeping on these dollar records there's some heaters on many of them but anyways i digress um i'd buy that for a dollar we did this podcast i was invited to to do this podcast um that was celebrating one of the i think four podcasts that they did uh that month that was celebrating philadelphia international records like um gamble and huff you know like mm. oh my gosh they're magnificent you know like discography um and everything they've given it was 50 year anniversary of philadelphia international records and the jackson's eponymous album like the first one that they did with um on epic uh they did here in philly and so it made so much sense because my mother has been obsessed with michael jackson since forever that was another like staple of my uh like childhood uh upbringing and so yeah i had a lot to say about that and uh folks can check that out um i'd buy that a dollar i'd buy that for a dollar they are on instagram they're on facebook um they have such incredible folks talking about so many different albums that really i believe kind of range from like a dollar to five dollars so you can get like a cool range of different different genres artists all of that and it's really cool to like hear what folks have to say about the different albums and artists and like also incredible like trivia tidbits that you get to learn so in my episode we we talked about some of those things as well so but thank you for checking that out i had so much fun with it i look forward to eventually going back on there and talk about something else. Well, um, I guess it's a good time to wrap it up. Thank you so much. That was, that was really fun. I love speaking with you. You too. All right, y'all. Thanks for listening. As always, if you enjoyed the show, please share it. Um, subscribe on your favorite platform and, um, maybe even give us a nice little, a review on Apple Podcasts or even five stars. <laughs> um, and don't forget to shop our record store online. That's at shopcreatism.com. Okay, um, until next week. Oh, and just a heads up next week's episode will be late, dropping Thursday instead of Tuesday. All right, peace. <laughs>